Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! And welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Have you just... <laughs> do you want to start this? No. Do you want to do the beginning of this now? No! You want to change things up? No. This far down the line? No. You want to start doing sorry, the intros? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My hello didn't feel like enough. Your hello was pretty loud this week. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's getting like louder and more... Um, you know. Shush. More shush. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, down to business. Yes. What's going on with you? Um, nothing. Great. Um, no, nothing that I can think of, really. I'm back at the office tomorrow, uh, so Monday, when this is out, um, for the first time since, well, since the UK lockdown, so March, sort of mid-March. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's going to be less people in the office because it's sort of, we're doing like, well, just less people. Um, so I'm back for a week and then I'll have a week off and then back in for a week. So it'll be interesting. I haven't really seen anyone or been around anyone for months. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's been longer. I mean, obviously I've been back at work for over a month now um but yeah you've been so i guess you've been like four months since you were i don't know you i'm trying to think about it apart from like the members of the public obviously when we go to shops and that have you actually seen another person physically apart from me for four months um we've seen emily so oh yeah uh, there we go yeah yeah. i was was just trying to think like have we (laughs) so nikki's ex-girlfriend she was on an episode a while ago if you listen to it so we've seen her twice yeah twice yeah um since since the lockdown um so we've seen her and we've seen her her partner as well chris that's it yeah that's the only people that i've been in contact with and as yeah like i say it was twice so other than that, no. And you've been speaking to obviously you speak to the people you work with like on the phone, but you haven't physically yeah. seen any of them. Well, actually, no, you do um, Zoom meetings, I suppose, weekly, so you've kind of seen them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that counts though. No, I guess not. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I feel like I'm gonna have to remember how to interact. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, I guess that. Is it's it's a weird burger thing, you know? Because I think for everybody else, they just, uh, they just go back to. Well, I, I guess so. I mean, obviously, like when I went back to work, everybody just kind of, you know, how have you been? What have you been doing? You know, what did you do with your time? You know, that kind of thing. And then they all talked, and now they're just carrying on as normal. Whereas for me, I don't do the small talk or like the normal like conversational pleasantries when I meet people. So I wasn't asking anybody those questions. I just try to carry on as normal, like how I've never, do you know what I mean? Like how I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, like I'm the same in general. I, I think, you know, like if I haven't seen somebody for like two years uh, and then I see them, I kind of just pick up where we were two years ago. So like yeah. I kind of just talk to them like I did two years ago. For me, there's no weird... I haven't seen you in a while or, you know, we're both different people now and things have changed. I just carry on talking to them like I saw them yesterday, uh, which I always find is a, I think a bit, it's a bit weird for people because obviously they, they want to do the, what have you been up to? You know, how things been? Where do you live now? You know? Yeah. Obviously that's not what people are asking me when I came back from, from work. Being like, <laughs> you know, in, in like two years and then they say that and have I you just got married do you have any kids yeah I never <laughs> ask those questions you know yeah I always wonder if you I mean I don't ever wonder if you're supposed to I just don't ask them uh which you know then sometimes when I'm explaining stuff to you uh you'll be like well you know they're married now or something and then I'll be like really and you're like yeah you don't ask these questions uh, and I don't do that with anybody that I see I'd say when I saw people after like lockdown I wasn't like asking people you know what were you doing with your time or how have you been or are you worried or any of that kind of stuff just carried on talking to them like normal uh, and I always think you know looking back at it do people think that I just don't care about their lives in any shape or form because I have not asked again you know, I mean they're asking me questions but and I'll answer their questions but I never like then do you know what I mean like I never 
reciprocate. Yeah, yeah. I never ask them the same things. I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I, I don't know if it's just because, you know, just because I'm, I'm autistic and I don't really want to do small talk and I don't really, it's not that I don't care, I just don't feel the need to ask those questions. I don't see why I would ask those questions. Yeah, but that's like the autism cheat sheet. Like, I think that's really good because sometimes you think, oh, I don't know how to do small talk, I don't know what to say. But if someone asks you a question, it's so good because you answer it and then you can just fire back with a, what about you? And then you don't have to come up with what to say. I love that. I love it when people ask questions because I think that's brilliant. I can just fire it back at you. I guess, I mean, I think I'm just, you know, I'm good at like talking about myself. So Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I think I just, I'll talk about myself until I'm bored of talking about myself and then I'll just stop talking. Yeah, that is exactly what you do. So I think I just do that, you know, like, like what have you been doing in lockdown? I'll be like, oh yeah, uh, I was learning a new language. <laughs> you know, I, I played a lot of this. I did a lot of running. But, you know, I did this, did that, did this. And then I'm um, like, you know, the usual stuff. And then I stop. Yeah, sometimes it's actually really hard to watch. <laughs> and obviously they're, they're staring at me. Some people, like, some people, you know, they, they don't wait for me to go, what did you do? They just, some people I'll finish talking and they'll go, well, what I did during, like, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like I asked anyway. So sometimes it doesn't matter. But obviously I don't ever wonder in their head are they thinking he didn't even ask didn't even care just talked about himself for 20 minutes and then he was just like right i'm done um and so yeah i just uh i just thought it was i just thought it's i don't really think anything of it um so i don't ever feel the need to ask people how their stuff was going and i feel like the reason i don't ask them is because if i ask them then they'll tell me about everything they did yeah and then i've got to listen to that and then once they're finished talking, you know, do I ask questions? Do I follow up? And I, I'm, I'm not the best at paying attention anyway. So sometimes even when someone has explained something they did in lockdown that was really interesting, like not just like, oh, you know, did a lot of baking or that kind of thing, made some banana bread. I, uh, I still find that I start losing interest. Doesn't matter, you know, they could have said, oh, yeah. I did an online bomb disposal course. And then weirdly, I went into a supermarket and there was a bomb. And they couldn't get bomb disposal guys. So I had to defuse the bomb. They could be telling me that story. But like sort of halfway through their talking, I start thinking, what if I've got enough T-shirts, you know? And if I don't, what would I get? And then I kind of tune in at the end of the conversation and I realise I haven't listened to anything they said. So, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you tell me something that's like happened in your day. Mm. um, And I haven't realised that I've tuned out Mm. and then tuned back in again. But then I'll ask you a question at the end of what you're saying uh and you'll be like i literally just told you this i wouldn't even say that sometimes <laughs> it's daily but you know what i mean like so like for me i think for me even if i ask people what they've been up to once they've told it to me i have to just basically pretend like i've been listening but then like it could be later on in the day and i'll ask them a question and then they'll be like i told you this earlier so for me, I think asking follow-up questions or asking people how their day's been and what they've been doing, like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a minefield. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I could potentially trip myself up and give away that I haven't been listening to what they've been saying. You do, I mean, yeah, you, you trip yourself up with me all the time. The amount of times you go, what about this? And I just look at you like, you, surely you're joking. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> oh, my favourite is when you go... You didn't tell me about that. And I think I spent like probably the best part of 20 minutes telling you about that. <laughs> you did that the time. And yeah, it's, it's not on purpose. I just, um, I just for some reason can't focus when people talk. Like if people give me little like, do you mean like bite-sized bits of information, it will go in. But if somebody talks for too long, I, my brain just sort of goes somewhere else it just starts thinking about other things uh, and things that don't even really matter like I, I told you before I think like when I was at university sometimes I'd be paying attention to a lecture and then they'd stop talking and I'd realize that I hadn't listened to anything they'd been saying like there'd just be a gap in the conversation and I've realized it's like 15 minutes into the lecture and mm. I've not been listening and I just think pay attention this is really important they said that this is going to be in the essay pay attention so then when they start talking again, I almost this thing where I like lean forward and like try my best to really listen to everything they're saying. And I still drift away, like no matter what, like there's been times where I've in my head, 
even had this thing where every sort of five seconds my brain's going pay attention pay attention pay attention and like and I'm forcing myself to pay attention and then it's just something weird like I start thinking attention such a weird word isn't it and then I'm just like yeah, words are weird in general you know you're just making a sound out of your mouth and someone interprets that sound as words that makes them think something then before you know I'm having a whole thought in my head about origins of language and then it's been 20 minutes again and I'm like oh no I've done it again mm. and I'm like that like all the time so yeah like I, and it, I guess it comes off it comes off badly as opposed to you know everybody else because it looks like I've asked but I don't really care yeah um so uh yeah it's it's weird I've kind of People have to. People don't realise that that's like a autistic thing with me. I mean, sometimes what I do is with the people that I know is I joke where they'll be talking about their day, uh, and then as they finished, I just sort of go, I don't care. Like, I won't even listen to that. And then they have a laugh. I have a laugh, you know. But they think I did actually listen to them. I'm just, you know, messing about yeah. when really I wasn't actually listening. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much of that is like autism how much of it's ADHD I don't think it's really autism related at all I know people don't like small talk and I know it's an autistic thing to not like small talk and to not ask people how their day's been or even start a conversation with someone I know that being on the spectrum sometimes you get nervous and weird when somebody comes up to you and says so how have you been yeah you know like there are times where you see someone that you haven't seen in two years like you're just walking in the road and there they are where, because you're on the spectrum, you think, I need to go hide in that bin so they don't see me. So I don't have to have that conversation. You know, a lot of time for me, when I see somebody that I hide, even somebody that I see all the time, so say somebody I work with and I see them all the time, if I then see them outside of work, I don't want to talk to them because I think I know you within the, you know, work environment. I don't know you outside of work. I don't know what things you do in your spare time. I, it kind of feels like you're a completely, like a stranger, like somebody I don't know. Um, I'm not good at talking to people outside the confines of how I normally interact with them yeah I don't know how I'm supposed to be around them because I haven't got my props my you know the the bit we're in the thing I do the thing I don't do so I find it hard to talk to people if I don't know them outside of yeah. like work school that kind of thing so usually when I see somebody that I do know and I see them outside I just I will try to avoid them anyway no I get that I'm just talking about the focusing oh you know I'm saying that but I'm just saying so you know I know autistic people don't like to to do small talk but I'm saying the reason I don't do small talk is because I don't really listen and um, whereas you know autistic people don't do small talk because they find it weird and uncomfortable I mean I suppose you don't really you're not really a small talker no I don't avoider uh, am I not I... I don't know I don't think so I, I do I think I decide on like the situation like if I can avoid it then I, I will but I also care more I suppose like a in like I I think I'm very focused on like my manners and being polite um and behaving in the way that I think like you should behave mm. also like I I am interested in other people um, like I find things, I do find things that people tell me interesting. I'm not, I'm not sort of on the same in terms of thinking like I don't care. I, I actually do like I do get interest in what other people have been doing, especially if it's something that, you know, interests me. But even things that don't, I'm, I like learning new things. So I like hearing about things that I don't know about as as well especially like places if someone's been to a place that i didn't know about i want to hear about it i want to know what it was like um or i mean it could be anything i like, i just like hearing about things yeah i guess so you do i suppose yeah i take interest in what other people have been up to what other people are doing i like hearing about other people's uh like ways of thinking as well so i like hearing about emotions and stuff like that find that really interesting. So if people want to talk about stuff like that, I'll be interested. So, I mean, like your concerns about, I suppose, because for you, like I say, it's been four months of not really like being around people and not interacting with people. So your your issues, I mean, not issues, you're not that bothered about no. tomorrow. But like, obviously we all have like our worries, like, you know, it's normal. Like when I went back to work, I had my worries about what it would be like but so one of your worries is not 
having to see everybody again, I suppose. But then I guess you, you, the people that you do work with, because you've been working at home, it's not like me where I wasn't working and I was completely aware you have been talking to them on the phone. So I suppose there's not really catching up to do, is there? No. Because you've all been talking to each other anyway. I'm not so bothered about like being around people. I think I, th- I threw that in there just because it, it will be different. Um, I think I'm more... It's just a change of the routine. Like if I will be getting home, I mean, obviously at the moment I work from home. So as soon as I'm done working, I'm here. Whereas I'm actually going to have to, you know, get home. Mm. Um, so I think that it, it will be like the getting home later. Um, I work out in the evening when I get when I'm done working, so now it will, that will be later, so everything will be later, sort of eating dinner will be later, everything. So there's that that I think is probably, I think that's probably the biggest thing, because there's going to be a shift in the, the routine. Um, and having to, like, get dressed. <laughs> Not just being able to, because <laughs> at the moment I, I just work in sort of, like, I guess, pyjamas. Yeah. Um. So having to actually sort of get dressed and be, I suppose, presentable. I don't, like, I think I've said before, like, I don't wear makeup and I don't really do stuff with, like, my hair or anything. For work, I always just sort of scrape it all back in a ponytail. So it's not like I have to do a lot to be, like, ready for work, but it's still, it's something, isn't it? Having to get my hair, like, put up and having to put you know, proper clothes on that aren't just pyjamas or sort of like taxi bottoms or something. It's your biggest concern is just that your routine's going to yeah. change. Yeah. But it's not the social element of it at all. Well, no, because I don't think, I don't know how much socialising will really be involved, to be honest. With the restrictions that are in place anyway, like my desk where I'm sat is so far away from anybody else. Like we're the way that they've set up the office is so that we're all very well distanced apart from each other so I'm basically in a corner that's I mean I've never been to that part of the office or even seen it before because it's like tucked away so much that I don't think I'm really gonna see that see anyone like when I'm sat at my desk I don't know if I'll actually be able to see another human yeah so I I don't think the socializing yeah is that much of of an issue it's such a it's such an autistic thing, though. Um, like, I do it as well. It's, it's one of the things that we're similar on. Is to work yourself up about something beforehand. Because I think a lot of people... Do you know, like, when you're neurotypical and you're about to do something that you haven't done before or something you haven't done in a while, when you're neurotypical, you kind of can just turn off from it every now and then. Like, it enters your head, you think about it, but you kind of know what you're doing. And, you know, some people, the, the neurotypical with people, like, a lot of people, they just kind of get, like they can get like mentally prepared for it or get themselves sorted for it or the opposite they, they'll do something relaxing beforehand so they you know they're not as stressed when it comes around to it and I, I've noticed that with you and with me it's a very similar thing like it's the build-up before that's worse than the actual oh, yeah, doing of it um you know like I you kind of just have this thought in your head of um do you know what I mean like it's going to be? I don't understand it. You try, you try and do the thing. So you, I think you kind of a better way to explain it is obviously, like I said, neurotypical people they they mentally prepare, they imagine what it's going to be like, they get themselves ready for it, and that kind of thing. You know, they know what to do. Whereas I think when you're autistic, it starts the same way. You go to mentally prepare, and then realize you can't because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what things are going to look like. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know any of this stuff. Therefore, you can't do the mental preparation. So what you do instead is you just ruminate and think about it and go, you know, in your head, you're just constantly thinking about it, thinking about it, like, oh, what about this? What about that? I don't know. I just don't know, you know, and then you can't put in a structure, you can't put in a routine, you can't put in a way you're going to do it because you don't understand how it's going to work. And that seems to make you worse and anxious and worried and that kind of thing. Like, I remember you saying to me that um, you knew you were going back to the office, but you no one was giving you a date when. Yeah, I didn't like that. And that was worse. But once they told you the date, you were like, okay, that's fine. And I realised it wasn't the, it wasn't that you were going to go back. It was that you didn't know when you were going to go back. You yeah. Know? Whereas I feel like for, um, 
for NTs, it's the other way around. Knowing you're going to go back, but not knowing when is a bit more relaxing because you don't know when. So therefore, it's, you know, not happened yet. It's an event. It's not set in stone. Might happen, might not happen. And there's some like ease in that. But then for NT people, once the date's been given, they've got like a deadline. They know it's coming. They can see it. You know, it's it's happening now. You know, I think it's the same with, um, I always hear NT people say it all the time, like say when you're getting married, you know, when you're engaged to someone and you're like, oh, you know, we're getting married. You say, oh, we're getting married, we're getting married. But then once you set a date, for some reason, for NT people, once the date's set, that makes it all more real and mm. all more serious and all more, you know, whatever. Whereas for for burgers, I, I think it's the way around. You know, when it's an ambiguous thing, you're worried about it. But once yeah. it's like it's happening, you're kind of like, it's fine. It's, it's kind of like with the COVID stuff. I've seen loads of people on like social media and Facebook and that say that, um, they've always been worried about a pandemic or worried about a virus getting out and being dangerous and having to do like face masks and lockdown, that kind of thing. The the ambiguity of it happening has freaked them out. And then when it's actually happened, a lot of them feel more comfortable with the fact that it's now actually happened than the worrying about it happening. Yeah. Um, And even though that's like, it seems like weird when you explain that to people but it's the same with you like you you worry about what it's going to be like to be back to work but the second you're back to work like the first like half an hour of being there you'll be completely fine yeah because you're in it you're able to you don't need to try and visualize it anymore you don't need to try and like imagine what it's going to be like because it's happening and I'm the same like I worry about stuff that I don't know what it's going to be like I don't understand what it's going to be but then once it's happening doesn't matter what it is could be something horrible could be something like nice but once I'm there it's fine I like the fact that I'm doing something that I don't like like I quite I don't know I say it to you but you don't get it but (laughs) I like doing something that I don't really like because then I think it makes like for me at the moment when I finish work now like I'm already at home so I don't have anywhere to like go home to, to like, I feel like I don't appreciate it as much or like at the weekend being able to spend some time like in my home doesn't, it's not the same as if I'm forced to go somewhere like to the office, it will make finishing the day and coming home feel even better. And it will make the weekends feel even more exciting. It's like, I really like going out on a really cold, like horrible rainy day so that I can come home to a warm flat with, I don't know, like some hot lunch or or something like, and have a warm bath like that to me, make it that whole thing. If I'd never gone out in the horrible windy rain, I wouldn't enjoy the heat of the flat and the warmth of a bath or like a nice meal as much as having gone out like we talked about if we won the lottery and I said that I still want a job because it makes things more exciting like it makes the weekend if I didn't work all week then what's the real benefit to me of a weekend because it's the same as every other day like I you didn't get it we had this discussion before and you didn't agree with me but like for me I kind of like doing stuff that I don't really like because it makes doing stuff that I like even better. It's like how people say, like, if Christmas was every day, it wouldn't be as magical. And obviously I love Christmas. It's true. Like, I I don't know. I do like doing stuff that I don't like so that I can appreciate. So you're looking forward to... Well, it's not even that you don't like work, but you're looking forward. No, because I know but... I know that like the front room of the flat has become the office, so I guess it'll stop being the office, which yeah. will make it more like a front room, I suppose, which yeah. will be good, I suppose. Yeah, like if I'm Saturday working on the sofa, coming home to that. Well, if I'm Saturday working on the sofa, then sitting on the sofa to watch a bit of TV in the evening and relax kind of takes a bit of that away because I've been sat on it all day. So what's the, it's just, I don't know, like to me, I kind of like doing something that isn't as good because it will make me enjoy the things I really like more. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that's that's a difference between me and you because <laughs> I, I don't really experience enjoyment um, or like in- excitement or anything like that. Like I, uh, it doesn't work the same way for me. So I guess that's why we don't agree on that. Like, I don't ever get wet or, you know, like, cycling home and think, oh, I'll be home soon in the dry and, like, that kind of thing. I get home and think, get 
these wet clothes off me oh, no, this I instant. And then once they're off, I don't feel like an immediate relief of them being off. I just think like I'm still annoyed that I got wet in the first place. And then when I'm showered and like warm and then dry and then in dry clothes, for some reason my brain completely forgets about um, that I was wet in the first place. There's no like bit where I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer. For some reason I'm not able to recollect like what it was like a second ago being... Um, being like cold and wet and stuff for some reason for me I can only ever like experience being in that moment as it's happening and then once it's ha finished I don't really have any like recollection of how I felt like emotionally I suppose so like it's it's different for me uh, I, I'm not able to reminisce on certain things and I guess if you can't do that that's why you don't know what the difference is between being cold to being warm. Because when I'm cold, all I can think about is being cold. And it feels like I've always been cold and I've never been warm and I've never felt like the heat or that kind of thing. And then once I'm warm, I can't imagine what it was like to be cold. It's like when I get ill, like, you know, like on the rare occasions that I get like a cold in general, I feel like I've always been ill. While I'm ill, I think I've always been ill. This is how I've always been. And I try and remember what it was like not being ill anymore. And I can't remember what it was like to not be ill. And then when I'm better and not ill anymore, people are just like, oh, you've had a cold before. And I'm like, yes. And like, you know what that's like? And I think, no, I don't know what that's like. Oh, no. See, I love it. Just thinking about it makes me happy. Like when I was younger, I did a lot of holidays with my parents that were in in the UK. So we didn't go abroad and we just used to do a lot of walking holidays. And honestly, my favourite was when we used to do them sort of like more... I guess October time. Is there a half term in October? I think we used to go in like an October half term. Yeah, like a half term every month, pretty much. Uh, well, one of the more wintry sort of half terms. Oh my gosh! And we used to go, and I used to love it when it was it was raining and it was cold, and we go out for a really long walk with the dog. And I really like like a long walk anyway. Um, and I like of wherever we went, it was usually like countryside and it was just lovely scenery. So I love like naturey stuff. So I loved being out in it. But I love that bit where it was like towards the end of the walk when your legs are quite tired, your nose is all red and you're really cold and you're just you're at that point where you're just so excited to get back. And you just think, I can't wait to just sit down and put my feet up. And then we'd get back and there'd always be like a fire. We'd stay in like a little cottage. And there'd be a fireplace there and we could turn the fire on, turn it on, light a fire, make a fire, make fire, <laughs> you know, um, like but, so that the fire is going and it's warm and you can sit by it and you can put your feet up. And then we'd like cook some, I don't know, like a nice hot dinner and have a cup of tea. And just that, like to me, was just... The, I feel like it was just so much better for having had like a little bit of, I don't want to say suffering because I don't think it was suffering, but you know what I mean? Like a little bit of a tougher time just made it so much better. No, I love that. Yeah, it's weird. It. No, I, I literally have no idea. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't relate in any way to what you're talking about. And I've been in that exact same situation that you're saying. Like if I'm out and it's cold and I'm, you know, my legs are tired and like my face is red and I can't feel my hands anymore. I don't think like, oh, once I get inside, it'll be so nice. In my head, I'm thinking, this is it now. This is my life now. This is this is how I live. Oh. This is how I am. I'm always going to look, be, feel this way. And then, yeah, once I'm warm and inside and that kind of thing, I don't remember I don't remember the walk. I don't remember how cold I actually was or how I felt at the time. I'm not able to, to hold on to a feeling or remember how I felt about something. Um, it just it doesn't work even like and I, I do feel like that maybe this is you know key to why I don't empathize with people is because when they're going through something that I have directly been through myself I mean I think I, I'd mentioned before when we did the empathy one that I said that the reason that I can't empathize is because the way I experience things is different to the way other people experience things but even if somebody was just like me and they experienced the situation 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 <laughs> identically to the way I did I still feel like I wouldn't be able to empathize with them because I don't remember what it was like I know I've, I can physically remember that I have been there but I couldn't tell you what that's like now if you ask me now to remember what it was like to be on a cold walk like you've said um I can picture it in my head everything you've just said but I can't remember how I felt about it at the time other than I know that 
if I was experiencing it now, like right now, what's going on, like with the way we are, like in the in the flat, it's almost like night and day. You know, when it's nighttime, I can't really, you know, know what it's going to be like when it's going to be light. I, I think about it sometimes, where I just think like I won't know until it's happening, and I have like a weird thing. I'm aware of it, but there's no emotional reaction. You know. Hmm. You know when people say, do you prefer winter or do you prefer summer? Do you prefer night or prefer day? I don't really have an answer to that because I don't know if I have a preference because I don't know. Like when winter's happening, I don't think I wish it was summer. And when it's summer, I don't think I wish it was winter. Yeah. So I don't have a, I don't have a comparison there. You know? Yeah. That makes any sense? Mm, no? Sort of. Not really? Well, not to me, no. No. Yeah. Well, anybody that's listening to this then, because I know we get a lot of people that listen to this that say they're either the same as me or the same as you. Uh, if anybody listened to this, if you're the same as me, um, where you can only deal with what's happening as it's happening to you and you're not able to think about, you know, things that have happened or things that could happen yeah, in a way that has any sort of reaction or response. I think that's why I don't look forward to stuff, you know? You know, you've had something that's really nice. And then it's coming again and you get really excited and looking forward to it. Like even basic stuff like when me and you order like takeaway food and you've had that meal before and you remember what that feel like and you get like proper excited and mm. you know, you're really looking forward to it because you know what it tastes like, you know how good it is. And then you say to me, are you excited? And I go, yeah, eh, like that kind of thing. And I think it's because I only really enjoy the food I'm eating as I'm eating it. And then once I finished eating it, I'm done. I don't ever remember it, you know? Yeah. If you don't ask me while I'm eating it how I feel about it, there's no point asking me later because I'll just go, yeah, it was all right. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm completely different. I know you're completely different, but like, I'm not saying like, you know what I mean, as in like, understand me. Yeah, I'm saying, I, know, I know what you mean. Because sometimes I like ramble and like, sometimes when I'm explaining stuff, I explain it in a way that's confusing. So I'm saying to you, do you know what I mean? As yeah. in what I said, does that make sense? So yeah, no, it people does, listening to it does this make sense. aren't listening to this and thinking, what is he talking about? I, it makes sense. It's just unfathomable yeah. Yeah, to okay. me. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, uh, nothing else has really happened. Really. I mean, obviously I had my hair cut since. Oh, yeah. I had my hair cut. Last week we were talking about if I had to wear a mask, what's everyone doing? My weird obsession with yeah, it. Yeah, if anybody was interested, um, Nikki did have to wear a mask. Yeah, which I thought was odd because all the other barbers and hairdressers that I've seen around here, the people getting their hair cut haven't had to put a mask on. It's just those that are cutting their hair. But my barber um, wanted people to wear masks in there, so I had to wear one. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of the mask. Not on a other reason than it's it's a sensory thing. I put it on, it was fine. I've got I got my own one. Uh, I don't like disposable ones, so I had to get a reusable one because I'm not big into single use anything. Yeah. Um so I had to get a and do you know what I mean like I, I guess it was it was half an hour like 40 minutes sometimes with my hair uh and do you know what I mean I had it on but the whole time I was doing it it was difficult. I I was aware that it was on my face the whole time. The whole yeah. time I just kept thinking it's on my face, it's on my face. I didn't even really pay attention to... And obviously, like, my hair had got really long before I got my hair cut. And I'd got it in my head, what I wanted, because I know I've had my head shaved a couple of times. I've yeah. had my hair cut short, I've had my hair long, and my hair had got long. And I was thinking, I don't want it cut down. And I remember I was telling you I was getting nervous about getting my hair cut because my hair had looked a certain way now because it had grown out completely. And I was just like, oh, you know, what should I do? Should I get it cut? Shouldn't I get it cut? You know, I'm going to look different. What do I do? And I kind of drove there. I kind of knew what I wanted. I got it in my head what I was going to say, what haircut I was going to ask for. And then the second I got to the window of the barbershop, I looked in and saw everybody getting a haircut was wearing a mask. I just thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to put a mask on. And then I spent all my time thinking about that. And I kept thinking, how's he going to do sideburns? How's he going to do this? If it's there, what's going to happen? I was trying to watch other people do it. I completely forgot that when I sat in the chairs and he was like, what do you want? And I sat there with my mask on. I just I just kind of just didn't know what I was. I was so like disorientated and not sure what to say. I mean, my hair cut's fine. It's not like I've gone like I hate my hair cut or anything. Like it turned out fine, but I just, it just completely like, did everything you know it definitely took over but then you know and then I it wasn't until I left that I uh then took my mask off 
then got in the car and then had time to actually look at my hair. But there was just this weird thing where I got like really obsessed with, with the mask. What I think strange is you came back and said he took off more than you wanted, but you've booked a haircut for like two weeks. No, it's not two weeks. It's on the 8th. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, because I get my haircut every month. I know, but I <laughs> I was just confused because I thought you would want to grow it out longer. If you'd... But anyway, it, yeah, I've, I've been. I've been and I've had that done. Now the question of whether I have to wear one or don't wear one has been sorted and I'm not thinking about it anymore. Okay. But um, it brought me on to something else. I was thinking about how, uh, like, because obviously I work in a shop and we get a lot of people that come into the shop and obviously with everything that's going on, it's the majority of what people want to talk about is like COVID related. Uh, and I keep hearing people saying it'll be good for everything to go back to normal, you know, like a return to normality. And I kind of yeah. get what they mean, but it also made me think about, um, I just, I found it interesting because obviously there's loads of people that are neurotypical that are saying they want normality back and they want everything to go back to normal. Um, and they obviously mean like, so they're comfortable and, you know, their social interactions are the same and that kind of thing. And it just made me think about like, um, being autistic, uh, there's no normality really, you know, what, what NT people see as like normal. I'm not sure autistic people have a normality when they're out and about in public, you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause like you, they have like a, the neurotypical people have a normality of what they're used to. You know, like not having to social distance, not having to sit, like you said, away from each other, all that stuff. And they want like their stuff back. But like when you're a burger, like your normality is what you experience inside your house, your home, bedroom, flat, whatever. Yeah. Um, And then when you go out into the world, nothing's ever normal. You're always having to do things, not like social distancing or the hand sanitizing or the mask or that kind of thing. But the things that you have to do on a regular basis when you're out and about. Like you said, like me trying to pay attention to listen to small talk, you, you know, trying to do stuff like we always have to do things ourselves. So there's things that we have to put in place, measures we have to take when we go out into public our entire lives. Yeah. You know, things that we've got to do and that kind of thing, which made me think, like, is it possible for autistic people to have a normal life? But I don't know if they can. I don't think you can have a normal you can't have the normal life that neurotypical people consider a normal life. We did the NT life episode like two, three weeks ago and I said yeah. we'd come back to it. And I'm not really coming back to it now because we've spent like a good bit of this episode talking about, you know, other things. But it just, it made me think about that. Like, do autistic people ever have a normal life? I mean, obviously what is normal, but like, do, yeah. you, do you ever have a life that's not... Because I was thinking about it. Me and you have like... We have bits where we're fine. You know, there's there's bits where we're not worrying about anything. There's no huge, like, spikes in, like, anxiety or worry or that kind of thing. But they're always really, like, low. You know what I mean? Like, it always lasts for maybe, like, a week, maybe two. And then something happens. And then we're worried about that for a bit. And then it goes, like, it's that for a while. And then we're a bit, like, disorientated and then stuff going on. And then it, it can calm down, might not calm down, you know? Yeah. Um. And obviously, like, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen for neurotypical people, but like, I'm I'm not. Do autistic people ever really have like, a period of normality where we can go like a year or two where. Everything's. I I think it depends because I don't know how. I think it depends on what the spike is. If it's a, slight worry, you know about something trivial. Then I suppose that does that. I guess that doesn't really count because that's more of a like a tremor. Yeah, but like when we go out and stuff, you can't be, you can't be yourself. Like there's a lot no. of NT people that they are outside how they are inside. I mean, obviously yeah. everybody puts on an act to some extent, you know, burger or not. Yeah. But like most people, the way they are indoors, you know, with their wife, with their girlfriend on their own, children, whatever, is the same way they would be when they're outside. Whereas burgers, I would probably if i put money on it that the burger inside is not the burger outside yeah and that most of us are two different people we're who we are when we're not around people and then we're who we are when we're out and about with people and obviously covid is an example who you are inside your own house and how you are you don't have to do social distancing you don't have to wear a mask you don't have to hand sanitize gloves whatever 
but the second you're outside, you do. And that made me think of a weird comparison with those that are autistic. We indoors are our autistic selves and us outdoors, we have to take the, not like things that are similar. We have to do things because we're in social environments. We have to not, we have to try and like, like suppress our like uh, stims or we have to watch what we say or think about what we're going to say or just don't say anything because the way we talk or the way we do things is odd. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're always having to explain ourselves if we do have like autistic, you know what I mean? The amount of feel like, sorry, I'm autistic or, you know, I've got Asperger's or I didn't mean this and you have to explain yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's no normality for us unless we just stay away from people. And I'm just thinking like, is there realistically a way that somebody that is autistic is just the same? I think it depends on your level of sort of awareness uh, and to an extent sort of how much you care because I think if you don't have the awareness of what other people may think and then to the same extent that the care about what other people may think um but I, I guess really overall like an awareness of what is considered more socially acceptable as opposed to what isn't socially acceptable then you're if, if you don't have that then the chances are you're not going to be different outside to inside because w there's nothing to to put the pressure on you to make a change you're not going to change if you don't feel like there's any reason to or need to mm. um so i think that goes for obviously with with autism it's a spectrum and i think that depending on where you are on the spectrum depends on how or where you may be of yourself of others around you and you know the what is considered acceptable and behaviors and um i think if if you don't have that awareness you're probably not going to do anything to change your behavior because really why should you um but i think if you are um aware of what is considered acceptable and what isn't and then if you to go along with that care about how you're perceived by other people um then i think that's when you alter your behavior and i don't think there's a way to it, even if you're not making the effort to alter your behavior because you think oh i don't care what this person thinks about me as as such but you still have the awareness there then i think you're not really having the quote-unquote normal experience because in your head you're still making the conscious decision to not alter your behaviour. So even if you're not altering it, you're still thinking in your head, should I, shouldn't I? No, I'm going to make a choice of not. And I think that is where you can't necessarily have the, the normal life because when you step outside, when you go and you are socialising with a group of people, and it might be people you know well, it might be people you don't know well, because even sometimes in friendships, if you've got like close friendships and you're on the spectrum, you might still mask around your friends because you might feel like that's the necessary thing to do. But even if you don't, I think you still have to have the thought about how am I gonna behave? Am I gonna behave like myself or like how I, how I want to? Or am I gonna behave in a way that I think is acceptable? And I think the reason it's not normal necessarily is because you have to make a decision you still have to think about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think a lot of people, when they go out, they, you know, even obviously neurotypical people can mask in a sense of they might, they might put on more of a persona, you know, you might have someone that's particularly, I don't, I don't know, like you might have someone that's really, uh, soft and a sweetheart but when they go out they want to act a bit more tough you know that might be the case but I think that's you know that's their persona that's how they're going to be they might make a conscious decision in their head but it's probably not a constant thing of wherever they go they're going to think about how am I going to behave today necessarily whereas I think when you're on the spectrum it's a lot more how am I going to behave for me it's it's almost like a what personality fits this situation is it to be a little bit louder, a little bit more boisterous? Is that the personality I'm going to pick? And I am a quieter person for the most part. Like, I'm not too loud. I don't really like to be the centre of attention. So, but even I have, like, times where I think, right now I need my, like, louder personality. Right now I need to be 
I don't know, more outspoken, maybe like tougher. I I would say I pick personalities based on situations and I don't know that that's a... I Obviously, I think NT people probably do something similar sometimes, but I think with when you're on the spectrum, I think it tends to be like constant and it might not even be like each day for each group of people. It might be like every hour. Yeah of how do I feel right now or altering it literally depending on the person you're talking to. Mm. And I think because you're making that conscious decision, am I going to say what I really think right now? Am I going to say what I think I should say right now? Um, Is it socially acceptable to say what I'm going to say or do I need to, you know, alter it somehow? And then if you say something that's really on your mind, you've made a decision, you think, no, I think I should say what I'm really thinking right now. You say it. You look at people's reaction and then you make a decision. Oh, do I need to backtrack on that? Do I need to explain myself? Or should I just not say anything, leave it out there, just, you know, stick to my guns? I think it's just a constant, it's almost like a constant minefield of how to behave, what's acceptable, what isn't. Have I just made a a faux pas? Do I stick with it? Should I take it back? Should I explain? Like, it's, it's like that. It's a constant... I don't know, roundabout, what do you think? Yeah, it's it just seems more of a... Yeah, like I say, like you say, a lot of people that are neurotypical, they don't think about like their own, what they have to do or say, that kind of thing. It doesn't enter their head that much. Obviously, certain situations they know, you know, they're at work, so they can't be swearing all the time, or do you mean like they're in a job interview, so there's a certain way they've got to behave, or if they're in customer service, you know, they've got to be like smiley and helpful. And they do that. But only like in specific situations and a lot of time they're just themselves. Whereas like when you're a burger and you're talking to people that aren't also burgers and even sometimes when you are talking to burgers, you've got you've got to you've got to really think about what you're doing before you do it. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't there's less like just naturally just doing what you want to say or do or that kind of thing. You're always kinda of like, should I, shouldn't I? And, you know, there have been times where you don't do that or where I don't do that. I don't think about what I should or shouldn't be saying. And then, you know, I'm in trouble before, yeah. you know, because I should have been thinking about it. And I've just sort of said stuff. There's loads of times where I just say things because I don't really see what the issue is. And then it's 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 kind of like, yeah, I suppose like because neurotypical people, they they know that saying certain things will cause a certain reaction. So they kind of preemptively do you know what I mean? Like, don't do it so because they know what's going to happen. Whereas for me, I kind of have to just, you know, blindly go about it. And then if I do cause trouble, I've just got to try and fix it after. So I kind of don't have a preventative measure. I've just got to repair what I've done after I've done it. Yeah. And that's like how I do a lot of things. Um, But it also made me think about like, because I know a lot of people in this area. So there's a lot of people in like Bournemouth where we are um, who those that choose to be themselves and those that choose to be, you know, how they are inside their house or, you know, when they're on their own and when they choose to be that way outside, it seems to either, you know, they seem to not be able to get employed. You know, I mean, like they seem not to be able to like have friends or be in a relationship or, um, do you know, like a lot of people see them as not less, but, you know, in a way that's like, oh, you know, they're, yeah they're autistic or you know that kind of thing so you know they, they kind of see them as not that they're not real people just that you know you, you just kind of a bit like are you okay you know you're always checking on them you're always treating them in a in a certain way and then those that choose to not be the way they are inside and you know when they're alone and try and be what the nt world wants them to be um they they can't be themselves and then you see them i see them all the time on like facebook or other social medias you know they they're on groups asking for help because they they're having trouble with this or they're having trouble with that you know because it's something that that's not natural to them and it's not something that they are comfortable with doing but for them to have a job have a relationship have friends and have like a neurotypical existence it causes them a lot of like stress and worry and you know even some of the stuff that i see like in facebook groups that they're saying i'm having problems with this mm. it's something that if you ever saw an nt person write that you'd think why why is that a problem like yeah. why are you struggling with that whereas because i know they're autistic and i'm the same i just think yeah that's totally an issue 
Um, but if you try and explain that to somebody else, they're just like, why is that a problem? But then you're worried about people seeing you that way because you're trying to fit in. So you don't tell them that that's a problem for you because then you're worried that they'll see you in that way that they see people that are just openly their autistic self. You, know? yeah. you don't want that weird sympathy that you get when they're like, oh, I didn't realize that was a problem. You know, oh, that must be so hard. You don't yeah. want that. You know, so you try and pretend like it's not a problem, but then your result is that you either end up ruminating, worrying and having like massive anxiety, not sleeping at night and that kind of thing. Um, or you go on like Facebook groups where they're private groups. So nobody that you know in your actual like physical, like seeing people life, see you talking about it. And you're just like, look, I've got this huge problem with even some people I see on like not our group, but like other groups where they're just like, I'm having this problem with my girlfriend. Like, she thinks this about me, and I can't do this, but she doesn't know I can't do this. What do yeah. I do? And it's because you're trying to you're trying to be, you're trying to live a normal NT life, and you're not NT. But yeah. like I say, then those that, that just think like, whatever, it's too stressful, I'm just going to be my autistic self, you're then like blatantly autistic, and then you're kind of just seen a certain way, like it's harder for you to get employed, like I say, so you end up having to to just, you know, live on benefits. Not everybody's like this, obviously, but there's just some people that I've been interacting with lately uh, that are kind of regulars where I work. And I see that they have chosen, not chosen, but they are like, they've got the exact same like level of autism, if that's a thing, as me, that they're in the same place in the spectrum as I am. But they don't mask like I do and they don't do what I do. They're, they they can't do it. So and the result of that is, you know, they 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 talk about how they want a job, but they don't have a job and, you know, they're on benefits. And you know, like that I see that they're struggling when they're inside the store and that kind of thing. And I do I mean feel it the same way, but then I just think like it's why people then think, well, they've got autism worse than you've got autism. You know, if I say to someone, me and them were the same, they're like, yeah, but their autism's obviously worse. And I just think, no, the difference is, is I have all the similar worries, but I just keep them inside. I internalise them. You, do you think that the um, that some of it comes down to an awareness? Do you think that maybe the reason why they're not masking is kind of like what I said, if, if they're not as aware? Yeah, I guess so. Um well, I say not aware, but you know what? Like, I think the difference is, I think the reason, it might be the other way around, as much as I'm, I think that I'm more aware that, of my autism than they are, which is why I hide it and they don't, because they're not aware that it's that obvious. Um, whereas I am aware how obvious my some of my traits are, so I don't choose to use them. But, um, well, use them, I don't choose to show them. But then I think, like, I went until I was 26 not knowing I was autistic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think the reason that I hide my traits is because I didn't know I was on the spectrum. Whereas maybe some of the people that don't hide their traits is because they know they're autistic and knew they were autistic like much at a much younger age. And I do feel like some of my traits are more obvious now because I know what they are and I recognize them. And I know that it's in some way damaging to hide them. So I choose not to, but I would say that I am more aware now, but in many ways, I you know, I went like 26 years not being aware at all. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe that's how it works is once I was told, you then notice, you look back. At, I mean, when do you get diagnosed late? You look back at your life and you think, okay, all this stuff makes sense. These traits make sense. This makes sense. Uh, and then you're aware of the things you do that are autistic. Uh, and then, yeah, that makes you, I guess, uh, I guess once you know you're suppressing like your natural behavior it becomes more difficult. And everyone's always saying, like you always hear NT people saying all the time, like, be yourself, you know. Those that are relaxed, they be themselves. Yeah. Um, And it might just be that. It might just be that it's it's worse in some ways when you, like, hide all your stuff and try and pretend like you're normal around everybody else because you're, you're suppressing, yeah. like, your urges to do stuff and then it's not till you get home that you can then let it all out, but it's you've, it's been all day where you've not been doing it, whereas those that don't suppress it and they're the same outside as they are inside, they just let themselves out all day long so they have less worries, they're less stressed, yeah. but then they can never really lead a normal life, whereas I would say that apart from like this podcast and me and you privately, I don't think you'd ever know that I was autistic and, you know, if I explain my life to somebody, I sound like I just have a regular nt life you know yeah. there's nothing different about me whereas uh some of the people that i do know that 
don't like suppress their autistic traits. I would say their life is definitely not what's considered, you know, an average existence. You know, they have a lot of stuff that's a problem for them. Yeah. And loads of things that they just know. I mean, I've heard, I've heard one of them say they'll never have a job. They're like, I could never have a job. I can never get employed. Like I'll, I'll never work. And it's, and it's, they kind of just, they say it just as this, like, that's that it'll never happen. Yeah. You know, you know, they're, they're not that old, but they're, they're just like, it'll never happen uh, because they're openly, not openly autistic, but they're just, I mean, their autism is just, it's right there at the surface and you can see it all the time and they don't suppress it. Yeah. Therefore they're like, I'll never work. So that's that. Um, they say to me like sometimes, well, I'll never be able to do what you do. And I just think like, well, surely you will be able to if you want to. And I don't understand why they can't and they don't understand how I can, even yeah. though we're the same, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think you're right in that I don't know if you can be on the spectrum and then go about into the world. And I think the reason for it, I think the reason why you can't and like normal is obviously such a, a weird term because I don't think there is really a, a normal. But I guess the reason you can't necessarily go out and feel normal in that sense is because obviously the world is based upon the uh like the uh, i guess you want to say like the majority mindset and that's going to be neurotypical even though i think the the more like we look into i guess sort of mental health in general the more i think we're coming to establish that there isn't really a, a neurotypical <laughs> i guess i guess, there is but i i think obviously we we're, we're finding more and more things and the human brain is so complex that everybody has their own you know things going on but i guess if we're talking about neurotypical being not autistic there's so many people that aren't autistic and the world is is more built around the the non-autistic uh mindset then i guess it, it's going to be difficult to go out into a neurotypical world as a as someone on the spectrum and feel normal because we don't necessarily understand the the social constructs we don't necessarily understand why what is considered acceptable is acceptable and why what's considered unacceptable is unacceptable that's that is a the whole concept of that can sometimes be really difficult to get your head around sometimes especially things like just being honest you think that it's honest to tell this person the truth that you i don't know don't like the outfit they're wearing or uh, don't think that, <laughs> I don't know, or you think that that thing that they've just spent a lot of money on was a waste of money or even like, you know, to more of an extreme, you think that the person they've decided to get married to, you think, mm, I don't think that's the right person for you. But it's, it's not acceptable to, to say that if someone comes at you with, oh, I've got this great news, like, he pro I don't know, this person proposed and we're getting married. And then you go, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, that that's not a acceptable. But it's, it can sometimes be really difficult to get your head around why. I mean, I still don't understand why the, the truth isn't. But, I you know, I, I sort of get it. But I don't know, like, I prefer honesty, but I don't know that it's not being on it I don't I don't know but I think that's why that it's you're never going to feel quite normal because there are all these concepts in place but it's also difficult to tell if it is normal I've been reading a book I'm not reading it anymore but I was reading a book that was the the diaries of somebody from the well she, the, the particular time was 1820 and it's her actual a, a real person and it was her actual diary um and she wrote in it almost every day and it was sort of from 1816 to 1825 ish that i read um because there are more but what was considered acceptable then oh my gosh there were so many sort of like rules and things in place that seem now seem absolutely ludicrous the idea of is a certain person has to call at your house before you can even consider coming to visit them at theirs. And, you know, somebody has to invite you to walk with them before you can walk with them. Like things like that now seem, seem absurd, but back then was completely the norm. So I suppose there isn't really a, a normal 
way to behave. It's because it does depend on the era, the time, and things are changing every day. Like the way we behave now to the way we behaved, I don't know, 50 years ago, probably completely different again. Mm. So I think, I think, no, it would be difficult for somebody on the spectrum to feel normal in in a neurotypical culture. I don't know if it would be the same if you had took a group of people on the spectrum and I don't know, put them put them on an island and then they live on this island and the people on the island is exclusively for people on the spectrum. I don't know if then it would be different. Perhaps then you could if you lived there you'd feel more comfortable being yourself. Because the other thing is, obviously, when you're on the spectrum, it's a spectrum. There's so many different, like, parts on it of sort of where you can feel. And you can float in and out. Some days you can be more autistic and some days you can feel less autistic. Obviously, it's to do with your traits. It's not if you are autistic or not. But some days your traits can be, you know, more obvious and intense and some days they can almost feel like they're not there at all and you can feel you know fine so I don't even know if if you lived exclusively with people on the spectrum I don't know if that would make a difference potentially you might feel less like you need to mask yeah I think a lot of people on the spectrum feel some sense of sort of greater comfort around other people on the spectrum yeah, even if you don't have the same traits or get along, yeah, uh, it's just you are the same. I suppose you're both autistic, therefore you don't have to try and um, pretend you're not. Yes, yeah, uh, sometimes so it makes it better. Even if your traits are completely different, you both just do your own individual traits because you know the other person's the same, so it doesn't matter. Um, I yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've I've it's different. I I used to um, copy. Um, or I want to say emulate. Is that the right imitate. word? Imitate. Imitate. <laughs> and then I like I used to imitate people that I was with. So like obviously my big thing is masking uh, and pretending that I am neurotypical and just blending in with other neurotypicals and having them believe that we're all the same. Uh, and to do that, I copy their traits because uh, it makes more sense. They become more comfortable because we've got similarities and I understand some more about being neurotypical. Obviously, I, if you ever knew some of the people that were actually that I've been friends with in the past, they're all really different to each other because I kind of pick people that aren't similar to people that I've known before because then I can learn new things. Yeah. Um, but I've now, I don't know if I'd ever do it with an autistic. I mean, because me and you, we're together all the time. Uh, you're autistic. And I don't think I've ever copied any of your stuff. You're one of the only people that I've never mimicked or tried to do the same things as you or show the same traits as you uh and i don't know if that is because you're autistic um so and that might be it that might be the reason it might be because you're autistic as well that i don't feel the urge to pretend that i'm nt because it wouldn't make any sense anyway yeah because you know i'm not so i don't do it i've never I mean, I've learned your traits in the sense of so I can understand you better, but I've never then used them myself as a way to interact. Uh, and anything I've learned that you do, I've never then used them like out in the neurotypical world. Obviously, there's things I've learned from other people that I've then uh, copied while talking to a completely different person to just pretend like that's one of my NT traits. I've seen an NT trait that I like from somebody, learned it, and then used it somewhere else to pretend like it's one of my own. Yeah. Uh, I do that a lot, but I, I've never learned one from you and then gone and used it somewhere else because your traits, when it's just me and you, is they're autistic traits, so they're the ones I don't want people seeing. So even if I see yours, I'd never copy them. Yeah. So I don't know if you are more comfortable. Maybe you are. Um, maybe next episode we'll talk about I guess, mine and your uh, interactions with each other and, uh, you know, burger on burger Mm. situation, how they work with each other. Mm. But that's it for this week. That is it for this week. We are onion rings. Oh, you've taken it and you've said it. What? 
Did you take that off an NT person? You know I did. Yeah. You know exactly I was, I, who I well, took it from. Yeah, I know. One, there's only one person that ever said that. Yeah, I know exactly who you took it from, but the, all of a sudden then I thought, did you take that from her or did she take it from you? No, no, no. She said it once and I thought it was ridiculous, so every now and then I use it. Dunyan rings. It's so stupid, but uh, it was also funny. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I can I can see that. There's a, a key example of you taking something from... Uh... Yeah, sometimes it's just sayings or sometimes it's physical things they do, like just the way they do certain things. I've seen it and thought, I'm using that one. Yeah. Kind of just hash together my own empty behaviours from just things I've seen other people do that I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought, I, I could use that, I can copy that. That's an easy one. I'll take that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you everybody for listening again. Uh, also, yeah, I, I, um, I've realised, and I'm apologising for it now, I've realised that I don't get Facebook Messenger messages for the Them Asperger's Facebook page. I'm only able to see the ones that are me personally. Uh, and the other day I was just on our page and I went into them and there are a lot of messages in the Sorry. Them Asperger's. So Sorry, everybody. We were not really ignoring them. I just didn't realise that I didn't get them. I just thought nobody messages me on the Them Asperger's page. <laughs> therefore, that's what it is. But I was loading something else up at the same time and I was like, oh, look, there's there's a weird message thing. I opened it and there's so there's like ones from back from like October. Oh, my God. Um, so I am slowly going through them all. I know some people asked me some stuff that, uh, like somebody asked me about asking you about a meal plan and they asked it so long ago. I'm so sorry. That they I'm probably so got sorry, everybody. So yeah, I'm just like, I'm apologising now uh, that there are stuff in that. I am going through them now uh, because I found them um, and my phone just doesn't tell me they're happening. But yeah, you will get a reply. Obviously, if the replies just, you've asked me a question that, you know, I had like a time frame and now it's really late. I can only apologise for that. I just didn't think people were messages on it. Like I, just I know, did. we we didn't like receive did, them. Yeah. So. Uh, I didn't realise that you, you can't, if you've got your own page on Facebook, they don't send you the messages. You've got to go in there and look at them. I, I reckon there's a setting you can do, but I think we've got it. I don't Probably know. Probably set weird, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I will I will try and get through them. Um, but yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Them Asperger's, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, we've also got an email address, which is themaspergers at gmail.com. Uh, there's a private group on Facebook if you want to join it. It's more of a, it started out as more of a talking about the podcast, but now it's just if you need to go somewhere and talk to other people on the spectrum or people that know a lot about that kind of thing, you can go in there with your questions and there's always somebody replying to that kind of thing. Me and Scarlett do read the messages. It's just a lot of the time I feel like if I replied, I just reply with thanks or cheers or yeah. So, uh, because uh, somebody's already replied with something that I think is way more helpful than what I would have said anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you want to add? No, just thank you everybody so much for listening. Um, yeah, bye.